0: Oh, well, I miss you. <laughs> oh. I miss you
1: too, Michael. We're so far apart, separated by a bureaucracy of health. It's for the best, though. I mean, I'm pretty sure that one of my best friends has coronavirus. So, like, we truly should not be hanging out.
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah.
1: Hello, Mikhail.
0: It's so delicious to see you. <laughs>
1: Thank you, sweetheart. I do my best. I do my best. I want you to know I have successfully made two strangers on Tinder listen to our podcast today alone.
0: Wow.
1: I'm really using my solitude, you know, for the good of the Jewish people.
0: You know, you have to give what the Lord gave you.
1: Yeah. Who am I to hide away this beautiful body? Except for coronavirus, then I will hide it away. It is hidden.
0: Were these two people Jews?
1: Just people who were macking on me, and I was like, go listen to my podcast. And they were like, I don't understand it, but you seem pretty cool. And I was like, you're right, I am.
0: Yeah, you don't get it, but I'm really cool.
1: (laughs) Story of my life.
0: That's what it was like for contra dancing for me, being on OKCupid and being like, go check out my contra dance music. <laughs>
1: I still feel that way. I still feel if you directed me to look at your contour dance music, I would be like, yeah, I mean, that seems cool, you know, if that's what you're into.
0: I guess. It's like a cheap trick. You know, I've moved beyond that tactic as a means to
1: scoring. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Three pointers every day.
1: What are we doing this episode, Michael? Are we just hanging out?
0: We're just hanging.
1: Coronavirus real talk.
0: I'm losing track of time. And the podcast is one of the few things that has a schedule.
1: Yeah. We could talk about how hard it is to do even the things you care about during coronavirus. Obviously, Talmud is my life.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Talmud is like what I care about doing. And yet I do so little Talmud compared to how much I could do. And that's just because I'm living through multiple intersecting traumas like every day. And it's really hard to like get it up for the rabbi.
0: I'm envious because you have a thing that you want to devote yourself to in this material world. I skip around, I do a bunch of different sorts of things, because I am what my immigrant culture would say is an immature little shit.
1: (laughs) Your family immigrated from Belarus when you were two, right? Yes. And can you confirm your family's passports did say Jewish as nationality when you immigrated? That's right. The first
0: place (laughs) that we were ever called Russian was in America by Americans.
1: That's a tweet.
0: That is a tweet. (laughs)
1: Wow, that is wild. Michael, today we had a very dramatic conversation first thing in the morning about... Um, oh, wine burp. <laughs> um, Amy Weinberg. Um.
0: <laughs> See, I don't even have to make a joke. She just laughs. I
1: know. Sometimes I just tickle myself.
0: You're very tickleable.
1: What was I talking about? Oh, we had a very serious conversation this morning about fleeing the country. Yep. How can we move to Canada or Ireland or, you know, whatever. I'm not so much in that panicky place right now. I definitely feel like the panic is going around, especially amongst the Jews. Like, I feel like our epigenetic programming is getting activated and people are like, huh? Huh? starting to feel something funny deep down in my
0: DNA. Yeah, I think it's true. I asked my mom. She's my barometer of like when it's time to get up and move to another country because she was the instigators of our big move. And part of me is like, you can only do that once. Most people only can make one big ass life decision in a lifetime. And I don't know if I can use her as a barometer. We might be on our own is what I'm saying.
1: In terms of like your family won't be coming with us or they won't be giving us advice.
0: They won't be able to make the right call. Yeah. They put all their, like, eggs in the America basket.
1: I get that. I mean, I often—this is going to be some controversial shit, but I often feel that way about my gender.
0: Like you put all your eggs in the lady basket?
1: Yeah, like I put all my eggs in the basket of escaping from manhood and sometimes I'm like, what's this the right decision? But then I'm like, you can't question it. You have sunk too much cost into this gender to reinvest.
0: Ooh, that's real. That's real. I
1: guess what I'm saying is I'd like to get a second mortgage on my gender.
0: Are you feeling like you want to transition back?
1: No, I think what I mostly just miss is like there were a lot of things that were really easy about being a boy. The pressure from society was just so much less it's really not that there's anything so appealing about the essence of boy whatever that is it's just the intensity of being a trans woman is so much sometimes that i'm like wow was this truly like a good trade-off
0: all i know is essence of boy is something i would definitely spray on me
1: Oh, I I think we've both had Essence of Voice sprayed on us a variety of times. That's true. <laughs> you should ask your mom again what she thinks, where her barometer's at.
0: I'll ask her. Whenever she's not, like, knitting or being a savant on the piano or something, I'll, I'll sneak in the question. Yeah. Oh, mothers. Mothers.
1: <laughs>
0: How do you feel, Hava?
1: I'm okay. I'm consuming a large glass of wine. Um, in efforts to get my spirits up, which I'm sure is totally healthy. I want to be hanging out with you, and simultaneously the thought of socializing with anyone makes me want to tear my skin off. My whole system is out of whack. You said this really brilliant thing the other day. I don't remember exactly what you said, but I was asking you what holiness was, and you said that holiness was like our own sense of trying to become more godlike. I don't know. It was fucking brilliant, though.
0: Yeah, like an unfinished piece of wooden furniture that, like, is yearning to be sanded.
1: Here's how we can shoehorn some Jewish text into this episode. The Torah says we're all created, but selam Elohim, that we're all created in the image of God. And I really like the way that you put it about, like, we have this innate sense of ourselves as an unfinished piece of furniture. And we are, like, creating and crafting ourselves to fulfill that promise of the image we're created in. Like we have a sense of our own potential as sacred beings. And it's our job as the artists of our own life to bring that vision into reality.
0: Uh yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: Two things to be like it's our responsibility to craft ourselves into higher moral godlike beings. It should be the responsibility of everyone to craft everyone.
1: Yes, hell yes, that's so wise.
0: We're not set up to do that right now. Everything is set up in an atomized, you know, individualistic kind of way.
1: In the best possible world, we would all be sort of engaged in this collective work of bringing each other's potential to fruition.
0: And this sounds a lot like Aristotelian moral virtue and pursuing the Platonic ideal of what it means to be a person, all that stuff.
1: Right. Which makes sense because so much of Jewish theology has been really heavily influenced by Platonism. We've gotten into a post-Platonic era in terms of Jewish theology, but I think the bones are still there.
0: Tell me about this post-Platonic era that we're in. I like the Platonic shit. I know it's very not hip.
1: (laughs) And I may be totally talking out of my ass about this. So if any of our listeners know better than me, please call into the Talmud hotline and tell me what the fuck's up or send me an email. I think peak rabbinic Platonism (laughs) was...
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, I think a moment where it really blossomed was in the Maimonidean era. So Maimonides lived from 1138 to 1204 CE. That's coronavirus era. He was sort of attempting to merge the philosophical and scientific ideas of the day with jewish scripture and jewish text and one of the things that sort of came about out of that was this idea of god as being like completely non-material being beyond all description and all characteristics which is you can see like very tied to the idea of a platonic form you know a form of forms if you will
0: a form of forms (laughs)
1: <laughs> i know i love that you're giving me a platform to be so frou about this
0: okay well this sounds cool this sounds very hip actually you know
1: oh yeah it's super cool and another super cool thing that was happening at the time because it was the sort of so-called golden era of spain where there was sort of like a brief detente, a brief ceasefire between Christians and Muslims and Jews. The Muslims were going through a really similar theological transfiguration. And so there were a lot of Jewish philosophers like Rabbi Bachia who were influenced by people like the Sufis who had really similar platonically inspired theology. And in some cases, like in the case of Rabbi Bachia, they actually identified as Sufis while also identifying as Jewish.
0: Whoa, that's neat.
1: Yeah. Rabbi Bachiel wrote this really awesome book called The Duties of the Heart. Basically, he says there's many texts out there about the duties of the limbs, a.k.a. like the mitzvot that we do, like peeping kosher, yada yada. But he wanted to write a text that is addressing how to bring one's heart to an appropriate state of intention of Kavana in order to be fulfilling those duties. So it gets really deep into all kinds of wild theology, all kinds of meditative practices, and it's like a Sufi-Jewish hybrid text. It's so interesting.
0: Whoa, that is super, super dope.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, it's in Judeo-Arabic, so I can't read it in the original, but The translation is on Safari. If anyone wants to go check it out, it's really cool. All
0: right. Wow. I like the sound of all of this. What's this post-Platonic thing you mentioned that's happening now?
1: That came about more during the Haskalah, during the Jewish Enlightenment. So this was a period of time where Jews were really trying, and this is a hot take, I would say.
0: All right. Give it to us.
1: This is a time where Jews were really trying to assimilate into the Western worldview. It was mostly happening in the 1770s. They reformed Jewish life to be much more like the Christian life of the time. Accordingly, they reform Jewish theology to be much more compatible with the other extant theologies of the time.
0: Was it more dualistic? What did it become?
1: I mean, and this is certainly not supposed to be a totalizing statement. I don't think everyone was doing this. But yeah, I do think it was a little more dualistic theologically, certainly not going all the way back to God as a sky dad. A big mean dad in the sky.
0: Andrew Cuomo is everyone's sky dad now.
1: <laughs> but definitely leaning much more back towards God as sky dad, like God having characteristics. And I mean, there are some good things that came out of this period as well. The reform movement was created during this period of uh, we- can save for another episode whether we think the Reform Movement is good or bad, or... I mean, it's neither. It's just like a whole complicated human experience.
0: Definitely. <laughs> My experience of it has been very strange, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> I personally think of the Maimonidean era of theology as being very highfalutin, very philosophical and based in logic, and I think of the Haskalah era as being more civic, and governmental, having a more civic governmental conception of God being more about ruling, rule of law, reason. It's a difference of flavor. Truly, please, listeners, call in, call me out. We've gotten into deeper waters than is my full expertise here. I hope one of you calls to tell me everything I've said wrong.
0: Deep, deep thoughts.
1: (laughs) Yeah, deep thoughts completed. Deep thoughts about the Haskalah and Jewish Platonism complete thanks for listening to the podcast this is a little bit of a funny podcast but yep. it's a funny time funny
0: time bonus material for all of you listeners out there
1: we're gonna try to keep putting out these corona bonus episodes
0: yeah it's healthy for us and we hope you enjoy it
1: yeah call the telmo hotline or send us an email at hi how are you at gmail.com follow us on twitter uh, our twitter handles are in the episode description comment on my instagram selfies retweet my hot take. Mm-hmm. Stay safe, stay home, stay well. Pesach alegre. Everyone have a great Pesach. I think this episode will probably come out right around Pesach time. Okay. Dope. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.